If you're looking to start a podcast, the best place to start is Anchor. It's free. The creation tools allow you to record and edit the podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's easy to do everything to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Dan, how's it going, my guy? It's going. How are you? I am doing really, really well. Listen, I- I'm going to start this off by saying I love cartoons. That's a little Thank you. No, I, but I feel like there are tons of people out there who just didn't appreciate cartoons the way I did. Like, you know, like millennials now will never understand what a Saturday morning cartoon is. Kissy's did. <laughs> Wait, what was, your, um, what was your go-to cartoon? Rugrats. Rugrats. Yeah. Damn, I never got Rugrats. You, I think, guess you never understood it? No, I never... So by the time I watched Rugrats, I was way beyond the demographics. I, we had, we were very poor, by the way. So to say I had cable growing up is a straight up lie, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure we somehow, we somehow figured out how to get basic cable like the most basic of cables because i think back in the day like nickelodeon was just like you like if you got your basic cable package like nickelodeon was not yeah um so yeah i i yeah i i would i remember very specifically in my mind like it was like some it was some random time during the day where like you know rugrats and cartoons like premiered on nickelodeon and i told my dad i was like yo listen i i I know you're trying to watch Judge Judy or what, you know whatever the show was, but I was like, I need to see if the theme song changed. Like it's a new season, I need to see if the theme song changed. And I had like, I had that much awareness as a kid where I was like, oh, theme songs change each year, or they have the potential to change each year. And I, I shit you not, it was the day that Snoop Dogg came on to like judge joe brown like it was some judge show judge oh my Judy, god judge i thought you were gonna say snoop dog came on to rugrats i was like i did not see this episode <laughs> I, i'm sure there's somewhere in, the, in the, the backlogs and and yeah yeah and so I, I made him miss like a significant moment in tv judge <laughs> TV judge land for me to watch a theme song that did not change for rugrats and that's my story yeah, well, guess, was it worth it uh, it was not, it was not worth it it was not worth it at all and you know what just gonna head into it. This is required watching. We watch the essential films from a list of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. Like I said, I'm Trey. I'm Danny. And listen, you may be wondering. Actually, if you clicked on this and you're listening to this, you, you know exactly what we're talking about, and that is Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the 1998 film starring. I mean, listen, heavy hitters. What did I say? 98? 1988. Apologies. Produced by Spielberg. Directed by Robert Zemeckis. Starring people that you've probably never heard of. Well, no, you've heard of Christopher Lloyd, obviously. But like Bob Bob Hoskins, you've probably never heard of. I know I didn't hear of him. This, of course, is an adaptation of sorts? Question mark. Dan, you picked this film, but let me just start by saying, what a film to pick. Yeah, what a film. Also, I've seen it before. It's not like I haven't. I, I had a childhood. <laughs> I watched this movie quite a bit. I just haven't seen it in probably 
15 years. Mm. And that's been, that's lowballing it. I can't tell you the last time I saw this movie before watching it for this. And I'm okay with this. I'm I'm so okay with having watched this movie with fresh eyes because I, I, when you brought it up, I was like, I remember loving this movie and I also remember hating it. And I, I, I don't know if I knew why. And I figured it out. I figured out why I hated it at the time. I wanted way more cartoons. I wanted way, like, I just want, I wanted cartoons, essentially. Yeah, and watching I, it with adult eyes, it is such a, like, noir, like, Hollywood noir film. Correct. Which is correct. very apparent now. But as a kid, right. I did not pick up I on that. I didn't know what that was. I was just right. like, there's cartoons and people together right. <laughs> right so like like child me who was watching this movie a few times i was like there's not enough cartoons i don't understand why like i'm not even sure if i understood that it was dark as much as i was just like there's no there's not enough cartoons in this movie and then clearly when i saw space jam which is essentially like the inverse of this movie in some ways of like it's a lot of cartoon and only a little bit of actual human people uh, yeah i wanted space jam for the basketball not the cartoon I clearly only wanted it for the cartoons. Anyway, I, I, all of that to say, I'm so happy to have watched it. I had so much fun actually being able to understand these things. And I think when you're a child and and you watch things that are made for kids, like you are so locked in and you understand it and you get it. But you, I don't think, I don't even think it, it's on your radar the amount of stuff that's in it for adults who have to drag their kids to these things. Mm. Like I, I, I would watch this movie right now. If this movie came out, I'd be all about it. Oh, I'm watching it as we're talking. Say that again? I said I'm watching it as we're talking. It's playing in the background. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Needed to make sure I heard that. Um, yes. All right. Wait. Why, so why did you pick this? I think I just wanted to see if it still held up. Because, like, there's mad movies that I've seen as a kid that I've revisited and have been terrible. And this one's not the case at all. Like, this is... I probably say it's better as an adult than as a kid because you it's pick up so on so many of their little things. Yeah, I think it's so much better as an adult, and like to a point where I was like giddy. I, like, I was so excited to watch this movie, and like, yeah, it, it's weird because in a weird way, I think it was ahead of its time. Like it's set, it, like you said, it's, a, it's like a noir film, so it's set in 1947 in LA. And wait, hold on. Let me let me just take one step back. This mil- this movie is about a tune hating detective who is a cartoon rabbit's only hope to prove his innocence when he is accused of murder. He's a little it's it like borderline uh, racist against cartoon valiant there. You say racist. I like I think the second it was what's happening? Civil rights? Like <laughs> correct. Correct. I I was drawing these 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 similarities, and I was like, I don't I don't know if what I'm watching is racist or not. A toon killed his brother, <laughs> and he will never work with toons again. Those those filthy toons. Listen, this film, I, I forgot where I was going with all of that, but this this film has gotten like numerous awards. It's won Academy Awards. It is like it's it, at the time was the highest budgeted movie. Definitely also, the highest. Yeah. A cartoon movie in the eighties to win awards like that, I think, is pretty like thing. Yeah, like <laughs> I can't think of any other eighties cartoons movies that are heralded heralded as a piece of like 
cinema. No, you're absolutely correct. It's in the National Film Registry. But that, like that in itself, I'm not sure how many animated films are in the National Film Registry that are from, I was going to say from the 20th century, but like in the last 50 years. Yeah, I'm sure Fantasia, some Bugs Bunny stuff. Right. And this. And this, it's not not a lot, which is hilarious. I mean, again, so happy you picked it. And I don't know, I don't even know where to begin. Let me me Um, ask you this. Go on. Yeah. Okay, one of the things I picked up on that I definitely picked up on as a kid, but it quickly, uh, I was quickly reminded of my gigantic crush on uh, Jessica Rabbit. What a gal. Yeah, I, I, I actually, as soon as the mention and, and showcase of Jessica Rabbit, I actually had to stop and Google. I was like, is Jessica Rabbit a rabbit? Like, I, it, <laughs> it freaked me out that, like, she, I know she's a sex symbol. Like, even as a kid, I was like, oh, this. This uh, this character is sexy, and like I think we all know this, right? Like they don't really try to hide how how sexy Jessica Rabbit is, right? I love that you said that. Like it's not just me, right? (laughs) No, it's not. It's not just me, right? Everyone knows this. But then I had to. But then I was like, wait, like I I never caught on that Jessica Rabbit's last name was Rabbit, and I immediately forgot that she was married to Roger Rabbit. (laughs) And then it just drew like all these. it, It just drew all these thoughts of like, okay, so she's. She's a human. Then we have like Betty Boop who makes a cameo in there, and she's a human with a very large head. And what, like, where, where are the other humans? Like, what, what, like, what? Why are there no other? Like, why are humans the minority in? Because Toontown, they all they're relegated to live in Toontown. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> question answered. Question answered. Damn. Now I'm thinking of my crush on Lola Bunny, and I think I just have a thing for rabbits, and now I'm really scared. <laughs> well, again, again, Jessica Rabbit's not a rabbit. So it's okay. Oh, okay. You can have a crush on her. She's just a cartoon. Have you ever seen uh, Heidi Klum dressed as Jessica Rabbit? I am Googling that as we speak. Freakish. Heidi just Klum. A Halloween costume, I'm assuming. So, yes. You know, you know I love I, I love costumes, period. I love Halloween. I love dressing up. And actually, for any occasion, any occasion it's not just about Halloween. And Heidi Klum is someone I'm always looking up on October 30th to, or excuse me, October 31st to see what she's wearing. Trey, how many uh, cartoon characters did you catch in this movie? Oh, Just Get Out of Town. Yes. I, only because I've done mild research, I want to say around 600. Oh my God. All right, well, the number I found is way under that, so now I feel like I oh, have okay. one forty pre-existing. Which they get the rights? Do all the rights come from Warner Brothers and Disney? Okay, so actually, I I do know this because, like, hold on, like I said, I was a bit obsessed with what was going on in this movie. Like, nothing makes sense, as we all know. In case in case you don't know, and you like cartoons like I do, Steven Spielberg has this very strange relationship with. Well, it's like all the studios, all the studios. So it's 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 like WB, Disney, etc. So like he like he he was already he I think he exec produced Animaniacs along with other cartoon nonsense. And to answer your question, this movie is technically a Disney movie, and it was I think produced under like Touchstone Pictures and Amblin. So the the Disney factor came like pre-installed. Like they knew mm-hmm. they had Disney characters. They knew they had Roger Rabbit. They knew they had all that stuff. 
Mickey's Spielberg, the classics. Right, exactly. The classics. So Spielberg went to studios and reached out and said, Hey, can we use your can we use your your characters? And for the most part, again, according to my research, for the most part they said yes. There were some that weren't that were denied, like randomly. But for the most part, they all said yes, which is why we had like the interact like the Looney Tunes were there. It makes Donald playing dueling pianos. Correct. And another another point, by the way, in which I stopped and went, which one is Warner Brothers and wh- uh, like which oh, one's shit. a Looney Tune and which one is a, a Disney character? Come on. As you're telling me all this, I'm just imagining if one of the big studios had said no, and they just had to make like knockoff characters. Well, a- according to what I read, it. It was that for that scene specifically, I guess, who was it? Warner? Let me try to find it really quickly. But the there was a thing about the way Daffy, I believe it's the way Daffy was drawn. So they wanted to use somebody else's design. Shoot. Okay. Anyways, it's, it was that, it was, it was one of those two ducks. Okay. Here we go. Sorry. Okay. Uh, So, yeah. So, Executives at Warner Brothers expressed displeasure at the animators using Daffy design by Bob Clampett and demanded they use the design by Chuck Jones. In response to this, the director, Robert Zemeckis, had separate artists animate Daffy using Jones's design to satisfy Warner Brothers in order to use Clampett's design in the final film. The producers were unable to acquire the rights to use Popeye, Tom and Jerry, Little Lulu, and Casper, or Terry Tunes for their appearances at their respective uh, companies. Oh, the Terry Tunes. I forgot about those. Correct. I always forget. Those oh. are the ones that I watched. Those are like the Hanna-Barbera. Those were the Saturday morning ones for me. I, I, there was nothing wrong with that, sir. Nothing wrong oh. with that at all. You know what else? Scooby-Doo. Love that guy. Scooby, dude, like any, give me any Hanna Barbera, I will eat it up. I'm actually quite shocked that I, I, I could be wrong. I think there's a Jetsons reboot happening, or has happened, has happened. I'm not sure. There's a, there's a ton of reboots happening of of old TV shows. I think Ducktales is Ducktales is definitely back. Daniel Pudi, Larry King, right? No. <laughs> if you're out there listening to this, please. Click pause and look up Daniel Pudi from Community. Larry King, he's Larry King asked him like, "Oh, what are your, what are some luxuries that you splurge in?" He's like, "I like a good coffee," and he's like, "Coffee is not a luxury." He's like, "I don't know socks," and he's like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, "I don't know, Larry. What do you want me to say?" He's like, "I don't know, private jets, golfing," and then he just deadpans to him and he just goes, "Larry, I'm on Ducktales." <laughs> Very in touch. <laughs> with the everyday man uh, that's, that's hilarious oh i love that i'm gonna look that up that's funny i'm not even sure where we were in this i'm not even sure if we were talking about this film I, I, I think i think just generally this film has so many different layers uh, we were talking about just like all these characters coming together it, it's the first time and only time anyway that Warner brothers and, and disney characters have come together in this way i think the I think they said that the like one of the only stipulations was that Mickey Mouse and uh, Bugs Bunny were in a scene together, and the two ducks, Donald and Daffy, were in a scene together. Those are the only stipulations. So they wanted to put some of their heavy hitters side by side. I think it was incredible. I honestly think it was incredible. I, I think, it, it, again, as an adult, it had me so confused that these characters from different companies were all together in, in essentially this very dark film. 
there's a guy going around killing cartoons who are people and like these tombs are regulated to like their own their own ghettos called Toon Town. <laughs> I forgot that they actually go into Toon Town. And when he does, I was so overstimulated. I was like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. <laughs> yeah, I would hate to watch this movie while doing drugs. It would not sober. I mean, yeah, an adult, a human person going into an animated world seems absurd. It seems, it seems absolutely insane. There should have been okay. more people puking. Yeah. What was your favorite cartoon? Like, I love the uh, the talking bullet in Yosemite Sans gum. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I my one of my maybe because we only just talked about it. One of my favorite moments though is Betty Boop being so dejected. <laughs> oh my god, a washed up Betty, a washed up Betty, and like there's a moment where like what was his name? Eddie, Eddie's you know watching Jessica Rabbit perform and everything else, and then like the last little bit that we see of Betty Boop is her like like her shoulders are all closed, they're all shy, just like it's just the saddest image for for a cartoon. Again, like the only other human cartoon in this entire, I guess besides Judge Doom, in this entire scheme. Judge Doom, of course he's a cartoon. Correct. <laughs> I like oh Betty Boop's like, I still got it, right? And he's like, yes, <laughs> It felt so gross. Talk like that. Gross. Say again. Why does she talk like that? I I honestly don't know. I, I never liked like, that. I never liked that. I, I, I honestly have no idea. My guess is because of like who she's based on, but like, I, I swore that Betty Boop came into color, so I was a bit confused by that. But I guess we're in 1947, so she didn't come into color yet. But I was like, I feel like Betty Boop is a bit better than this, and they straight up disrespected her. We don't, we don't tolerate any Betty Boop slander. Uh, if you type Betty Boop into Google, it says Betty Boop versus Jessica Rabbit, which I think is also hilarious. Um, is this like a fan-made YouTube video? <laughs> I, 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 I didn't click on it. I have no idea. Yeah, just, oh my gosh, absolutely. Look, I, I need to talk about the duality of two things. And that's the very seriousness of the noir storyline that we're going on. And it was serious. Like, you know, a crime was committed. Jessica was was cheating by playing patty cake with Mr. Acme. Was it Mr. You, Acme? Know, you know what the innuendo is. I definitely know what the innuendo is. Which again... <laughs> Which again, as an adult, I'm like, yo, this is so dirty. But as a kid, I was like, I, I don't get it. Um, sure, like surely, I was like, I have no idea what's happening. But then, like the straight up hilarious nature of of what these cartoons are doing, because they don't take they like, they don't take anything seriously. Everything's a joke. Everything's a, a gag. Everything is is you know not serious. So I, I think it was really fun to watch these two things happen at the same time. Like even. Even watching one of the notes that I have is uh like when we find out about Eddie's brother, mm-hmm. like there's like the sequence of him like going to the desk and the camera just goes around to like the photographs and we see the two together. We see him with like his wife or girlfriend, whoever she is. Like we see the four of them together and then we see like you know the brothers together and then we see like newspaper clippings of like <laughs> they say Huey, Louie, and Dewey. Yeah. <laughs> 
two clowns. Two clowns join the police force, and it's the two of them with the clown noses. <laughs> it's just like, like the way that that whole thing, that whole like I guess story and backstory is being told, felt honestly really fun and fresh. And it wasn't, it wasn't like of course he says my brother died because of a tune and smash. You know he gave he gave the backstory, but I do think it was really fun to see I guess their relationship. And I think it was like a minute and a half, if that. Mm. Also, it's fun because it, like you said, it, it plays like a real noir film. Like his partner, his partner and brother died, like all this stuff. But then the levity is he died from a piano getting dropped on him, <laughs> which is always funny. I, I love that they go to the the crime scene. They go to the the original crime scene, and you know a safe has been dropped on his head, and the cop goes, "Just like a tune, always dropping safes." <laughs> wacky tunes i'm not sure i'm not sure if like they're just dropping safes on each other like like on each other yes just randomly i don't know oh my gosh no but i i definitely had some serious like like this is straight up racist tunist or whatever is going on i don't yeah. get happening they, they had to fight to 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 live where they were already living and they performed um, at venues that tunes weren't allowed at humans only correct but then every tune that we saw that wasn't acting was a servant and i was like who are these species? what's what's the metaphor we're like what what are we talking about is is it is it black people is it is it like any downtrodden like person in america and here's the thing that i think is really funny but in a terrible way is that it all culminates in you know this climactic moment with uh judge doom where he's like, it was all for freeways. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what's the commentary here? <laughs> is this is this I'm shining kidding. a mirror on Hollywood or I right. I, I honestly I, I felt like and I didn't remember where this was going at all, actually, but I was like, okay, like I'm I'm on board. As an adult, I'm seeing all these layers and I'm on board. And then for him to be like, You'll just picture it. Four cars in a lane or, you know, whatever. Four lanes, you know, highways and freeways. It's going to be fantastic. I bought up the public transportation. <laughs> um, and what was fun was that they're like, yeah, you know, it's it's playing it's playing to a strength, right? Because it's it, it premiered in, what, 88? And it, it's taking place 40 years beforehand. And I think, I would imagine that even in 88, we now know that LA has the worst public transportation. Yeah, so like, say, isn't that like actually more or less what happened is that they purposely <laughs> made it a car city destroyed correct yeah. correct and as far as i know i mean i'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not you know deep with angelino you know history but i have ridden on a la public bus before and it sucked <laughs> i so when i lived in la i did not have a car i straight up did not have a car and i lived there for years and I knew, like my my train lines, my bus lines, were fucking fantastic. Like, really? I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like it's a planning. Like, you know, I, I was I was never gonna like the same way, the same way I wouldn't leave it last minute to leave in New York because it just guarantees that this train's gonna be stuck or you know something else. I wouldn't just be like, yeah, this train's gonna be here at this time and blah blah blah. But like, if I knew my route, if I knew that. I would say I would say more like the the trains, the limited trains when I was there, was much more reliable than the trains in LA. 
Wait, sorry, other way around. Yeah, correct. Trains in New York. So the LA trains were much more reliable and yeah, I got everywhere I needed to go. And of course, this was like around the time that Uber and, and all that stuff, Uber and all that stuff kicked off. So I, I yeah, so like the car sharing and getting lines and stuff like that, which is mm. amazing. You're the only person I've ever heard say that, but as bad as LA public transit is, their highways are equally bad well exactly so it's like the like, when, I, when i wanted to go to the beach it was a shit show because i'm, I'm sitting there stuck in traffic like when, um, he was, when he was saying oh freeways imagine no traffic what what was the commentary what was the commentary? like i don't I, I, it felt so conflicted that i honestly did not know i i i honestly don't know yeah i honestly don't know i mean look listen just to backtrack for a sec we saw judge doom like, why was a judge at this crime scene? Like, if anything, he should not have been there. Like, exclusively not at the crime scene. <laughs> Even in 1947, I feel like we should all know that judges should not be at crime scenes. Yeah, the court system has been around for a while. I think even back then they had some semblance of order. Oh, gosh. And, and then, like, his goons, which are, like, the weasels, they just had pulled guns and knives on people. Like, there was no sense of law and order in this entire movie. Alright, sorry Did about that. Did you know that yeah. her Lord didn't blink at all on screen? That I I wasn't looking. I he had glasses on. I don't know. No, I didn't know that. Because he's a maniac. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I feel like we talk, I, I, I honestly could talk a lot of nonsense about this about this film, uh because it excites me that much, but let's let's get down to the nitty and the gritty. Alright. I gotta say this is one hundred percent required. The like contextually of having this be an 80s movie with people in cartoons and be able to hold the serious and goofiness together, but also having it hold up 30 something years later, 100% required. I thought about this for the day, for like for the day, I was like, which way am I gonna go? And I didn't think no because you know you know what it really was. I was trying to figure out what what actual box to put this movie in, and I think that's the point is that it really truly doesn't fit in a box. In a box, it's not an animated movie. It's not a live action movie. It's not. It, it, it is a comedy, but it's also like a serious drama. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, it's it's all of the all of these things at the same time, and. And I, and I think it's innovative. I, I I think there's a reason we love Space Jam, besides the whole Michael Jordan of it all. There's a reason we love Space Jam and Space Jam holds up in, in our cultural lexicon. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that Roger, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit doesn't. Like we don't talk about it as much because honestly, this movie is so much better than Space Jam. Like from like a story aspect to like in almost every aspect, I think this movie is so much better. And I, and that, I am in no way shitting on Space Jam. Space Jam is a fun, fun movie. I yeah, love it. Yeah, this was definitely way more of a, a much grander story, production, everything than Space Jam. This, this movie walks so Space Jam could dunk make uh no 100% 100% I mean, and and that that's all 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 that is for me to say absolutely this movie is required watching i think i think a lot of things are being done for the first time in this film and a lot can be learned 
even to the extent of like just going and talking to, to studios and asking to lend characters out. Like, you know, it, people people gasp and Marvel did that for, you know, Spider-Man because he's owned by Sony, I think. It, it's been happening and it's been happening for quite a long time. And I think I, I think the business aspect of this movie is actually really interesting. And then therefore and therefore the I think the way the story is told is interesting and the story in and of itself is very interesting. Uh mm-hmm. and of course like Roger Rabbit is an incredibly annoying character and some cartoons are incredibly annoying and, you know, just are silly and goofy. But like you're, starting to, you're starting to sound like Valiant. <laughs> Don't want to work these tunes again. I am, I, honestly, I'm not, I'm not sure. I can't remember which American, like what, like Western animated films we've done, but I'm so happy we've done this one because it, it, it's completely different from the anime that we've done. And there's something so there's something so American about that, and I don't I really don't say that lightly. There's something mm. so American about this about this film and like the cartoons and like noir and like all this stuff that it, it gives you a nice little. It, it's just an hour and a half or whatever it is of, of just pure. Oh no, this movie is long. Marvel, is it? <laughs> it like two hours plus, I think. Hold on, I'm looking it, up. It's, it's an it's... hour forty four, Dan. Oh really? Oh damn it! It just felt like it because it was <laughs> an hour forty-four. Uh, but yeah, hilarious and good. Listen, all that stuff said. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. Uh, to catch all the latest from me, you can catch me at Trey Epps on Instagram and Twitter. How about you, Dan? I am Danny Tabby. Perfect. Of course, all the stuff and some bonus materials that we've seen along the way are in the show notes, so check that out if you want to talk to the show. Listen, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Required Watch. And don't forget to be safe, because we're still in that time period. So, peace.